What the fuck is up, chat? Ah, what's up, my brothers? Welcome to Real Black Hours. Hotep, hotep, hotep. Out here opening your third eye. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs> As alaikum salam. My salam is bigger than your salam. <laughs> Welcome to Real Hotep Hours, a podcast about the blackity black blackness of the <laughs> black man in the black united black states of black America. Y'all knew this day was coming, white man. The day of reckoning is upon you. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, obviously, this is a Black Panther episode. There's gonna get into. Uh, there's gonna be a point where we get into spoilers. Uh, we'll let you know well beforehand. But you know what? Spoilers. Just we're putting it at the top of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's gonna happen. All right, cool. Yeah. Uh, so, welcome to Real Nerd Hours, a podcast which today is going to be completely about Black Panther and some minor life things, <laughs> but is normally mostly about anime, as it turns out. Well, I'm sure I'm sure Black Panther's getting an anime someday. Found out Michael B. Jordan is uh, is pretty into anime and comic books and stuff. So, is he? Yeah. Oh, what a dork. Get him on the show. Yeah, I'm gonna call his agent. Yeah, I'm calling the agent. Get him on the phone. Hey, yo, Mike. Yo, Mike, you doing anything next Tuesday? Yeah? All right, all right. Let's sync up. Yeah. So, uh, we also... So, real nerd hours. Uh, I've, I've come to the conclusion, thanks to Rennie, uh, somebody that I chat with online that listens to the podcast, that we don't do an especially good job of explaining what this podcast is about. <laughs> it's because we have no idea. Yeah, I mean, and that's... Completely true, as it turns out. We have no idea what this podcast is about. It it fluctuates really between a lot of anime and a lot of movie talk, and we sprinkle our personal interests in throughout the episodes. Yeah. So for me, it's like technology and how angry I get at very minor things <laughs> in life, which you'll hear a lot of during this episode. And yeah. for Chet, it's... I mean, I do more video games. I've been to more conventions lately. Than Denzel, so yeah, I've been MIA from the scene, yeah, for a little bit. And granted, it started with a very good reason, but now uh, your boy is about to come back. I'm making a comeback. Yeah, don't call it a comeback. Uh, I always but, forget what the, like the rest of the line, the, re- the rest of that line is, but I say it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> same, same. So. Let's. I guess let's flesh it out, flesh out the idea of the podcast a little bit more. It's. I mean, I guess that's as deep as we can go, right? Yeah, it's, I mean, basically it boils down to two dudes chopping shit up about anime movies and whatever else comes to mind, all in the vague nerd sphere. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, it's Some just... Some internet news as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. We should we should actually try it out with an actual format one time. Yeah, someday. Like an official format. We might do that next week. We'll, yeah. Then we'll bring in news topics. See how people like it. Tell us how much you hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Boo, I liked it better when you didn't know what the fuck you was doing. That's, a, that's actually one of the critiques we got in the past where we didn't have any defined subjects and we would come in here and just talk. Yeah, and then when we went to a format, somebody oh yeah, it was that voicemail we got. Oh yeah, it was just like we. Well, I liked it way better before when you guys didn't have a format. Yeah, but let's we're gonna tighten up the format even more. See how you like that? Ha ha! I got some structure for y'all. Yeah. So to get into the minor life things I was talking about earlier, 
Uh, so I have a conspiracy that I've adopted, a conspiracy theory that I've adopted about places like In-N-Out and maybe even Chick-fil-A. I don't really ever see the line to Chick-fil-A. I've, <laughs> I've only been to one Chick-fil-A and it's in Irvine because okay. it's at the mall at, in Irvine. Actually, two now. There's one that's in Point Loma that I've been to mm-hmm. and one that's in Irvine that I've been to. And for whatever reason, their lines are fucking long. I mean, granted, I've only been to the one in Point Loma once, but the one in Irvine, the line is long as fuck. So long, in fact, that they have to have somebody come out of the fast food establishment and take orders on like a little pad. Yeah, so, I've seen that for in and out and that's that is wild. Yeah, it's that busy. But the thing is, one of the problems that I have is the, both of those places Chick-fil-A less so than In-N-Out only do a select few items. Yeah, In-N-Out has like effectively like four menu items. Yeah, and like if you want to get fancy with it, you can order a fucking grilled cheese or whatever. Yeah, like you can order it. You can customize it in whatever way. You know, if you want three patties and two slices of cheese, you know, you can have that. But generally speaking, most people are just ordering burgers and cheeseburgers and then fries. And yeah. it's like they're going to be cooking this shit up anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I think that they artificially allow the lines to get long at those establishments. So it looks more like appetizing or like you you want to go where all the people are. It's like some form of psychology, right? Like, yeah. Some I can't lemming, remember what the fuck it's called. Some lemming bullshit. I'm definitely the opposite. If I see a lion out of place. If it's if it's long enough and I see a line out of place, I'm just okay, let me eat anywhere else. Yeah, I I do the same thing. There's one on my way home from work and I always I can see the line from one of the stoplights that I'm always at. Yeah. So that dictates whether or not I actually go there. And for in and out they have like three 10 foot long grills and a bunch of fryers oh and they also have like 40 people working at once (laughs) so it's impossible for me to imagine why it would take so long for me to get a fucking burger dog like and this is it's consistent yeah every single in and out that i've been to yeah and it's almost any hour of the day too because they're they're open from like i don't know what time in the morning Okay, yeah, and they close at like one o'clock on weekdays, and then one thirty on the weekends. Yeah, so they got long hours, and at almost any given moment, there's going to be a line. Yeah, it's really fucking crazy to me. It doesn't make any sense. I think they do it on purpose. If I had to guess, they like kind of slow it down a little bit, <laughs> and then just let the lines build up. But like, I don't, I don't, I can't imagine why else they wouldn't be able to churn out orders, like frequently and quickly i mean you could make the argument of like oh well they cook their food fresh but i mean really the burger patties are less than a quarter inch thick yeah maybe just about a quarter inch so those things probably cook in like less than a minute a piece <laughs> and if you're if you're on like one of one of these many slabs of grill where you can just put it down and like flip it maybe you have a special order here and there somebody yeah. wants their burger well done or somebody wants their burger mustard fried or whatever the fuck it is mustard grilled i think it is like yeah you have like is. those one offs it's basically they put mustard on the patty and then cook it what's the point 
Uh, so it's got more of like a salty, uh, mustardy taste. It doesn't taste like actual mustard. Maybe the taste of mustard is too strong for you, and you just want light mustard taste. You just have them cook it like that. I am questioning them, but whatever. I guess you know, do what you want, right? Or, <laughs> or even you have people say like, okay, well, I don't want salt on my burger. Yeah, that's that's definitely a thing. Yeah. But, so yeah, yeah. There's 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 custom orders. You can get it basically however you want. So I understand that, but you know, like ninety percent of the people are ordering something between a single hamburger and a four by four. That's like almost all of their orders. I guarantee it. It doesn't make any sense why I go to a drive-through and they have a fucking. It's like a ten car line because. I'll admit, a part of the line I can't see. So sure. once you drive into the drive-thru, you see where the real like line is behind the building. Mm-hmm. But it's not. It's never that bad. But I went before I got home, and I thought it was going to be real quick because like the parking lots barely got anybody in it, and the drive-thru. I mean, even because because I can't see it from the stoplight that I'm at, I assume that. I mean, maybe seven cars, right? Mm -hmm. So I go, and it's really fucking weird because it takes over 10 minutes. It takes maybe about 12 minutes from the time that I order to get my food. That is unusually long. Yeah. Yeah, and it's not not a situation where they have somebody standing in the parking lot taking an order. I order at the little talk box. Yeah. And I get there. Okay, it may be exactly 12 minutes. I get to the talk <laughs> box at 3.13, and I get my food at 3.25. And I'm like, what? Like, why did this take so long? Yeah, that is, that is strange. And it's not like, I don't, it's rare for me to ever see somebody put in an order for like 12 burgers or 30 burgers or something. I mean, it happens, but yeah, yeah it's... But every fucking time that I'm at the drive-thru? Yeah, like, if this was a one-off thing, that would be a different story. But, no, this is pretty consistent with In-N-Out. I haven't gone to Chick-fil-A, like, ever. So I couldn't speak on their lines. Because Chick-fil-A is trash. Uh, you know what? I, I agree that their policies are trash, but that food is fucking delicious. I've, every time I've had it, I was sorely disappointed. I mean, it's fast food chicken burgers. Like, I know, but, like... Like the first time I had it was in high school, and by that time it had already been talked up by a lot of people. Like I had never heard of Chick Fil A until I was like a sophomore, and then it just came out of nowhere. All the Mormons were like, "Yo, Chick Fil A, yo, give me them sandwiches, yo, (laughs) give me that, give me that chicken breast, yeah, bring, bring that shit." So I'm like, "Okay, cool, this must be some fire ass chicken." And I finally get a, a sandwich, and I'm like, "Cool." I could have gotten this for a dollar at Carl's Jr. <laughs> <laughs> 129 now. Well, well, time's change. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the thing is, I mean, granted, I'll give more leeway to Chick-fil-A because, I mean, granted, they have like 10 menu items versus two or three. Yeah. So it's it's difficult for me to be able to gauge that. But that's one of the spots that I think that they artificially increase the size of their lines. It's really fucking weird, man. And not to say that like I have a huge problem with it, because one of the reasons why I do know they open at 1030 is because I have found myself at 1030 in the morning uh, after getting to work at 5 a.m. being like, yo, I'm going to go fuck with the burger right now. I'm not going to eat a breakfast meal. Yeah. So I just hit in and out and like 
granted it's 10 30 in the fucking morning so there's still a little bit of a wait but there's never it was never a situation at exactly 10 30 in the morning where i waited like more than five to seven minutes mm-hmm. for my food and welcome to real nerd hours where denzel invents wild conspiracy theories about things that really annoy him in order to justify him feeling annoyed <laughs> i don't know why it annoys me so much i mean waiting 12 minutes after wait like once you get up to the talk box like waiting 10, 12 minutes from that point that seems a little extreme like for just a regular circumstance you know if, if something happened obviously that would be a different story but like it seemed like everything was just kind of business as usual yeah but it just took a more time than it really should have yeah there was a I even, like, I don't count cars in the parking lot, but I know when that parking lot's fucking full. Yeah. And there were a lot of spots out front. And so I said, oh, this can't, there's no way this is going to take that long. And I I could be biased on this one because I usually don't do drive throughs but I find that In-N-Out usually has more people inside than out. Yeah. So if you don't see a line out the door, like literally out the door, then it's not that packed. Yeah. There was one one instance when I went to In-N-Out back in the day, the way back in the day with uh, Young Muscles and Mike, and we just had finished playing laser tag, and we, get, we go over to In-N-Out, and the line is backed up to the door. It's the one that's in Point Loma, mm-hmm. and the line of cars in the parking lot stretches all the way the fuck back to where the laser tag is damn and that's not uncommon in la over by lax like the the in and out that's basically right next to the airport yeah uh that one will stretch out of the parking lot into the street that's stupid man like in and out is good but it's not like that good i know people would be religious about their in and out i heard that when uh, the first one opened in texas the line was like two hours long that's not a surprise to me yeah and it's good, but it's, yo, it, no fast food is that good. The thing is, it's uh, to cape for in and out a little bit. I will say that it is a cheap fast food burger that actually tastes like you're eating food. Yeah, it's one of the few fast foods that doesn't make you feel like shit afterwards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, they're using real ingredients and it's not like it's not an overly processed everything. So yeah, I'll give them credit for that. And I will definitely say they're a cut above all other fast foods, but it's still fast food. Like, yeah. But it's not even in the same category as like, even like Chipotle. I, I fuck I with would, Chipotle too. I mean, same here, but, um, you know, like Chipotle is considered fast casual, whereas in and out still fast food. Well, people will go crazy over In-N-Out and trash on Chipotle all day. So, um, where are your standards at? Come on now. You're spending about the same amount of money. I will again say, $3 for a double cheeseburger? Hey. Yeah. Hey. I mean, that's dope. Hey. That's, that's super dope. I don't care for their fries. No, I don't like their fries. They probably have the worst fast food fries. Yeah, and their root beer floats are also bad. Never had a root beer float there. I did today. Just today, had a root beer float from them. How do you fuck up a root beer float? <laughs> By being in and out, apparently. <laughs> it was it was awful. So, 
right. Now, now I have to go out and purchase beer and ice cream and make a decent float yeah. in about a month when my stomach settles from all this. <laughs> from all this dairy attacking you. Yeah, exactly. I feel attacked. <laughs> Speaking of long lines, Chet and I both saw Black Panther yeah. upon release this weekend. We didn't yeah. go together. No. But I assume there was a long line where you went. I so the I, I saw it twice over the weekend. I saw it first Thursday night, which is like the preview night, and I went to pre-purchase tickets because we were gonna. I thought well, I'd be going with a gang of my friends, and it ended up just being me and two others. But we went to pre-purchase our tickets, and it was one of those fancy theaters, so it had assigned seating. Oh, was it the lot? No, it was it was. Just one of the Edwards theaters that's nearby here, but it had like RPX, oh, so it had yeah, like yeah, the yeah, yeah. fancy seats and stuff. But like, so we we check the the seats that are available, and it's like you're in the first three rows, or you're in a wheelchair, one or the other. <laughs> <laughs> so we're like, all right, fuck that. Let's go to the eleven o'clock showing, and that one had some space. But like, it was bad enough that even pre-purchasing tickets for a high for more expensive ones. We still couldn't get it. And then I went to see it with Nikki because I liked the movie so much and I told her that she would actually enjoy it. I went again with, to see it with Nikki on Sunday and they had two showings. One was at six and another one was at, no, it was at four and then five. Both those showings were sold out. And so we just went the next day. Okay. Well, fair enough. Yeah. I, on the other hand, went to a 9.15 a.m. screening Ah. at a movie theater that hardly anybody knows exists. (laughs) Do you know where that Hazard Center uh, Ultra Star is? Oh, that's that's the one that was sold out. Oh, was it? Yeah. Nice. I called there at maybe 8 in the morning. I was like, yo, how many tickets have you guys sold? They were like, oh, we have about 30 seats left. And I was like, y'all got that D-Box available? And she was just like, yeah. Yeah, we still got seats. It's perfectly fine. Hey. So I go to the theater, and there's a line to purchase. And I get there probably like 845 or Mm. something like that, which is abnormal for me. I prefer to show up just as the movie's starting. But I said, it's opening weekend, 915 a.m. Somebody's got kids, maybe even a lot of them. Maybe I should show up early. Yeah. So I get there early. I'm standing in line to purchase a ticket for the 915 showing. And I say, fuck it. Let me get on my phone and purchase this ticket, right? Mm -hmm. So I get on my phone, use Fandango. I select a D-Box seat, and I make the purchase. So I get in line, right? Somebody comes over. They say, what's your authentication code? And the purchase hadn't completed. And I was just like, give me one sec. And it was it felt real like uh, James Bondy. You know, <laughs> like when the hackers like trying to get the code into the fucking computer just in time. So you can make it through without getting shot. That's how I felt purchasing this ticket <laughs> online with my phone. Real high tech. Yeah, it was cool. So I gave her that. And then I get into the theater. And maybe... It was like, I don't know. I'm sitting in the D-Box seat and some lady comes up. and She's like, oh, how much did you pay for that? I was like, seven bucks. And she's like, oh, I paid seven bucks for my seats too. So a manager comes in and at some point, like he's seating people in D-Box seats. And she's like, yo, can we upgrade? And he was just like, yeah, sure. Just sit there. We have four available. And I was like, oh, cool. Yeah. So it's like maybe 9-11 
in the morning, right? The mm-hmm. movie's just about to start, and this lady comes over. She's like, excuse me, sir. And I'm looking at my phone, and she's like, excuse me, sir. <laughs> and I like no exaggeration she like shouted at me in the theater and I'm just sitting there like kind of playing with my phone so I look up at her incredulously like I'm prone to do if somebody's fucking shouting at me <laughs> yeah. and they're standing maybe a foot away from me yeah. with her fucking belly poking me in my fucking face fuck god damn it and she's like these seats are reserved and I was just like what do you mean these seats are reserved I bought D-Box this morning and she was just like you need to show me your ticket right now I was just like, yo, chill, chill. So I pull out my phone and I pull up my ticket and I show her and she's just like, this is not a D-Box seat. You paid $7 for it. And I said, well, point to me where it says that it's a standard general admission seat. And she's just like, these seats are reserved. You need to get up. And I said, well, no, you need to point to me where it says these aren't D-Box seats. Like, I didn't pay for a D-Box seat. Yeah. You need to point that out to me. She's just like, sir, you need to move or I will have you escorted out. And I'm like, okay. It took a lot of my patience right there not to shout at that dumb little fat fuck. And granted, I'm fat as well, but I'm still upset about it. Hey, you know, as long as you're aware. (laughs) And she, so I get up. I don't say anything. I just walk out of the theater and she comes out and I say, look, I purchased a D-Box seat. I can assure you of that. I went through Fandango. I don't know where it says it or how I can show that to you. So can you help me? Like, I want, I, like, I want your help with this. Very, very uh, diplomatic yeah. of you. Yeah, I've grown a lot as a person in the last few years. <laughs> and she was just like, that's a third-party service. I can't help you. And I was like, yo, are you... You little, you fucking munchkin. She comes at you. Oh, my God. I I was fucking pissed. And this is part of the reason why I always wait to go to the theater. Yeah. Because, like, if I had waited, like, two weeks and then gone to see that movie and sat in that seat, nobody would have reserved it. No problem. Yeah. Not a problem at all. So, she says she can't help me. And I said, okay, so how can I get a refund? And she says, well, that's a third-party service. I can't do anything for you. And I'm like, yeah. okay. And the issue that I have with her waiting so long is that this point, the theater's fucking full. Right. So I, like, I'm even, very. Even if you had gone back to a non-reserved seat, you'd be sitting probably in, like, the front left corner. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So I, I, I start to leave. I start to leave. I even get in my car. And I'm not parked that far away. I get in my car and I'm like scouring this thing just so I can shove it in their fucking face. And I, I walk back to the theater. And so I go to the little printout box and I punch in my whole little thing. And I get my ticket. Uh, because before they they didn't even bother having anybody printing uh, yeah. tickets. Because they just wrote down the, the codes and shit. So I go back into the theater and I luck out. There's a seat. There's like a single seat because mm. most people have come with people. Right. So there's in the very far back of the theater as the as the theater is illuminated by whatever dog shit trailer is playing. <laughs> maybe it was the Death Wish remake. Oh, uh, as as the the theater is lit up, like I'm standing in the back and I can look around at all the empty seats. There's one directly next to the door, and like or I guess right in front of the door. So I luck out and I just sit there and I watch the movie. Yeah. 
And I was I was fucking pissed for the first like five minutes I was in there. And I was like, this this little motherfucker better hope I don't see her ass again. Because I'm fucking pissed. I was actually genuinely considering getting a refund. But at the same time, I was already out of my house at nine in the morning. Yeah. And I paid seven dollars and seven dollars isn't a ton it's, of money. But it's, like, it's not gonna break you. No, no. But the principle of it, the yeah. principle of it fucking sucks. I was so pissed. And what about the other people that, that just Sat asked the for the upgrade right there? They were fine. They were completely fine. Were they black? No. Yeah. 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 No. All right. Exactly. Mm. So getting yelled at in a movie theater full of people is fucking embarrassing. Yeah. What the fuck? It's like, yo, chill. I'm just on my phone. You, If you say, excuse me, sir, you just, I mean, like, maybe... Give it a second and then say it one more time instead of fucking yelling. Jesus <sighs> Christ. Uh, that was that was some other shit. I was actually genuinely upset about it. Yeah. Uh, but otherwise, the movie the movie started. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to preface this this in its entirety, all the only things that I had read online about this movie were hyper positive things about it. Yeah, like, that's that's what most most things on the internet that existed before this week yeah. were very very positive. Yeah, they were they were good. Uh, I mean, like even I would uh, I even watched uh, the Red Letter Media review the other day, mm-hmm. like after I'd seen the movie, and they were abnormally positive about it too. <laughs> and so I watched I watched a few reviews online just to kind of get what the general tone of it was after I'd seen it mm-hmm. and I came across one review and this is the kind of shit that pisses me off the most. We're not going to get into the movie yet by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh I I'm not even going to name drop them because fuck them. They don't get they don't get the free oh, plug damn, from me. All right. They were just sitting there and they were shitting on this movie. Like shitting on every piece of this movie. Like the acting was terrible, acting the was, set pieces were terrible, Every, everything in the movie, just, the story was terrible. <laughs> yeah, they were objectively wrong, and I was like, man, I I don't ever recall the days of the internet. Like I don't remember when this went away, or if it ever had, or if it just is part of like or the subset of this internet culture where all the fucking trolls live, like the people, the actual t- physical trolls, like the J.R.R. <laughs> Tolkien trolls live and they have like they crawl out of their little hidey holes and they're all pale and gross looking with their neck beards talking about I'm a contrarian everybody loves this I don't I was an ass motherfuckers I was so fucking pissed at that I was just like how the fuck are you there's nothing positive that you found in this movie I mean like I'm not one to say like oh everybody loved this so you need to love it too which uh, that's a shitty attitude to have yeah. but at the same time you just you can't be contrarians for the sake of just not liking something right like, if you're gonna hate like at least have reasoning to back up your hate not incorrect reasoning yeah like <laughs> i don't like taylor swift's music but i'll admit that she puts on a good show yeah, like her production quality is very good. You know, I, it's not for me, and there's there's a fan base for that. But I'm not going to shit on every little thing. Yeah, I mean, like I, I'll I'll even come out and say it. there there are a few Taylor Swift jams that I like. Granted, they're remixes, it, but with her vocals on them, they sound pretty fucking good. Yeah, like somebody had made a remix to Twenty Two, 
I don't know that. Uh, I can't even remember how the lyrics go. That's all but right. they did um like a 1980s style demo remix where they had changed out all the instrumentation. Ooh, I heard this. Yeah. I, I heard that remix. Yeah, it yeah. was really fucking good. Yeah, it's pretty tight. Yeah, and I was just like, yo, if Taylor Swift's music all sounded like this, I would fuck with it. Yeah. But that aside, these guys were just kind of like it was it was actually difficult to understand, like where they were coming from or even like try to relate to the the review, because even when somebody has negative things to say and they bring up the evidence for the negative things that they have to say it, you can kind of see where people are coming from. Even if you disagree, you at least understand their argument. Exactly. In this instance, these guys were just shitting on it and it. It made me wonder, truly, it truly made me wonder one of two things, right? Either they were being contrarians for the sake of being contrarians or, and don't get your, don't get your (laughs) jimmies rustled here. These guys are actually fucking racist. That's a distinct possibility. It's, it's a possible, I'm not saying they are for not liking a movie, but it's a possibility. So I looked them up. And because they were they were on the front page of a prominent website, I went through some of their old like videos and stuff to kind of get the general take of what what their issue is. I I wanted to make sure that I wasn't getting the wrong impression of these dudes. And no, they're not racist. They are just assholes. Oh, and they they are gigantic. Their website, their shit is actually genuinely big. Really? Yeah. I, I just watched the review. I watched some of their other shit. And granted, their main stuff I'm not into. But their little offshoot side shit. Like, I watched and I was like, ah, like, how do these people have an audience? Do you think perhaps they're just trolling? Like, that it, that it wasn't serious that they gave such a negative review? That's a possibility. I don't, I mean. It's, it's so hard to tell these days. Yeah, and trolling is kind of, I'm in a weird place with trolling because I don't know. Whether or not it should be taking the trolling at face value and addressing what the trolling is saying, or if I should say like, ah, fuck it, like these guys are just having a good time, so I should ignore it. But I don't know. You know, there's going to be people that cite that that review is like, see, see, people hated the movie. Yeah, exactly. And not to say that the movie is like overwhelmingly positive and it's like the greatest thing on the planet. No, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not. I I would put it in the top five of Marvel movies. I'd put it pretty solidly top three. I just need to, I have to really shake out where it fits in that. Okay. Okay. And I, I enjoyed it. We can get into the movie Mm -hmm. now. Uh, but if you hadn't seen black Panther, black Panther is essentially a movie about, the superhero Black Panther and his home country of Wakanda. Wakanda. It's a, it's actually a pretty straightforward story, I would say. Yeah. Uh, there are plots that are wrapped up pretty early in the movie, and then things go on from there. And it's it's kind of interesting. I would say it's a much more story-driven movie. like It's much more dramatic than a lot of the other Marvel movies, where with other Marvel movies, it's like, Okay, I have my powers. I'm doing great. That's all good. Okay, now bad guy shows up and he's gonna destroy the entire fucking city. And it's gonna when it's gonna end in this big climactic battle where a bunch of the city gets destroyed anyway. And that's that's the end of the movie. Well, this one's a lot more. You know, it, it's 
more political intrigue, more twists and like there there's it's more nuanced than a lot of the other Marvel movies have been. And that felt rather refreshing. I was telling some people who were on the fence about it. I was telling them that this one doesn't feel like just another superhero movie. Not not just because it's like, oh, it's black, but no, it's like there's actually characters in this. Yeah, that was one of the things that I really enjoyed about the movie. It's more character driven and it's more of like a family story. Yeah. And more insular, private story. And you not you're not necessarily worried about like, oh, the earth is gonna be destroyed or the city's gonna be destroyed. But the political intrigue portion of it is is a big part of the story. And yeah. it's like, yo, this is actually pretty interesting. Like, yeah. And to be completely honest, I wish they did more with that. Yeah. And I read, or I watched uh, Red Letter Media's review, and I, I couldn't help but agree when they said that the worst part of the movie was the action. Like, I would say especially when he has the Black Panther suit on action, the stuff where he's just, like, fighting without the suit, I think that's good. But when he's fighting with the suit, it's like, eh, I don't actually care right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess this this is the point in which we're going to get into spoilers. Uh, yeah. So uh, we'll leave we'll leave some space for you. So if you haven't seen it yet, just look for the waveform when it get, when it drops off again. Yeah. Okay. So was that long enough? I think so. All right. Cool. If not, you can artificially lengthen it anyway. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so a big part of the story is the fact that like there's an outsider that's coming in and trying to take over Wakanda. Mm-hmm. And they... So even though we're in the spoiler portion, I'm not going to like full-on give out everything in the story. I sure. think it's still worth seeing. Uh, I don't want you to be deterred in the event that you can't help yourself and you're listening to this. <laughs> I can't skip ahead, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's there's an outsider that comes in to kind of take over Wakanda, and like it reminded me of for some reason, um, what's it called, Lion King? Not yeah. because it just takes place in Africa, <laughs> right. but like the kind of usurping of the throne, yeah, and then like the fight to get it back. I mean, it's been described as Shakespearean in its plot, and. Lion King felt that way as well, where it's like, you know, oh, the crown was just passed, but now it's been usurped. Oh, shit. You know? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. I really. So to give kind of the general my general feeling about it, like I thought it was cool. I thought it was pretty good, but it wasn't as good as I thought the Internet had made it out to me. I agree. I, I agree with that. And I think that's it got a little bit blown because it took more of a Marvel route at the very end. Yeah. Like, I get how the big battle at the end happened. Like, I get it, but I also feel like they could have done it more subtly, I guess. Yeah. There's So here's something, right? 
I think that if they had stuck more with the political intrigue, because this was Marvel's chance to kind of do something completely different mm-hmm. outside of like the boilerplate superhero movie where there has to be fights. But granted, I guess people would expect fights oh, if, it yeah. is, if it is uh, a Marvel movie. And something that was continuously brought up as a comparison in the Red Letter Media review was uh, The Dark Knight. Yes. And like how this was disney marvel's opportunity to make a dark knight-esque film yeah and i i agree with that to a certain extent because the political intrigue shit was actually my the highlight of the movie for me yeah because when you when you draw the parallels to modern day america and like how politics kind of functions here and some people want to help the rest of the world other people don't the the kind of disconnect there what kind of character development you could do as a result of those conflicts i think would be really good mm-hmm. there was a there was a certain portion and they kind of did a good job with this but it wasn't necessarily wholly believable to me was when uh oh what's his name the guy with the rhinos oh uh, wakabi wakabi when wakabi suddenly becomes like a traitor upon watching it a second time mm-hmm. It's pretty clear that he's itching for a fight the whole time. Oh, okay. So, like in the beginning, when he when um, T'Challa is talking with him and he's like just meeting them, and let me back this up. So everything's foreshadowed throughout the movie, and it's real subtle, and you just don't really see it coming. But when you watch it a second time, you pick up on more of it because you know where it's going. So, like. Uh, what's her name? Lupita's character. Oh, I have no idea. I'm bad with I, these I, characters. I names. forget. I, that was that was the one that, that I lost. But um, Nikiri, whatever. Mm. Lupita Nyong'o. Her character talks about like, oh, we should be out here doing foreign aid. We should be, you know, hey. But just as like a real small thing, and just like, hey, you know, I want to help people, but I'm just a spy. Maybe you should help some more. And then Wakabi is like. Dog, we got people all over the world. Like, we could be out there crushing these governments. Like, no problem. Just give me the word and I'm good. And so when it's actually suggested and, like, that's actually a thing that's that's a possibility, he's like, look, we've been out here for 30 years under your dad. Nothing really happened. Why don't we do something different? And so it wasn't wasn't a complete 180 heel turn out of his character. And you can also say, like, yo, he was just being loyal. But they, they actually they actually hint at that the whole time. Just in the most subtle of ways. And it's, it's, it's nice. Okay. That's legit. One, one thing that I definitely bothers me about the concept of Wakanda is the fact that philosophically it doesn't match up with where the technology is. You know what I mean? Like these guys aren't like technocrats. They're not cyberpunk futurists that have like fucking galaxy brain memes in real life (laughs) shit. They're, they're just kind of like average people, which is fine because it makes it actually relatable Mm -hmm. and you can relate to the people. But like they're, I guess this is kind of a problem in all of sci-fi, and this is something that I noticed in in uh, Altered Carbon as well, mm-hmm. where it's kind of just like modern day people in a far future setting. Yeah, granted, like this is 
more complex and harder to do, especially for somebody like Marvel who just wants people to like their shit and buy their toys. <laughs> so I, I think that can be at least that portion of the sort of inconsistency. I can I think that can be explained away with they're isolationist, but they're not the world isn't aware of them, but they're aware of the world. You know? So like they probably still have internet and TV and stuff. Like you, you see they're watching CNN in the spaceship. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, yeah. they they have access to that stuff. So it's probably like they're being influenced into not being that weird technocrat society kind of thing. But also, like, there's still all these tribal elements and stuff, which I thought was cool flavor-wise. I don't know how believable it is, I guess. But- like... That's that's another thing. Like the tribal elements in the movie, it's kind of just uh and not to say that it didn't belong wholly, but I would like to see it juxtaposed with like more modern people because even even the princess was there and she was just like, Can we wrap this shit up? Yeah. But I would like to see like a whole generation of people, even if it's done subtly, like just kind of shirking the old ways and they don't give a fuck about the tribalism. Mm -hmm. They're just, you know, living in technology or whatever. I would have loved to seen more scenes of just like regular ass Wakanda, not just, Oh, we're in the throne room and we're doing our big ceremonies and, you know, more day to day life in Wakanda. I would have loved to have seen that. Yeah, it felt like there were just maybe five different sets in Wakanda. <laughs> yeah. Like the street, the doctor's office, the spaceship, and like the mines or whatever. Yeah, well, which is basically right outside the doctor's office. Yeah, yeah. And, and waterfall and throne room, and that's it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I forgot about the throne room and the waterfall. Yeah, I mean, just a few sets. Oh, one of the things that I really liked was Jabari. Oh, Jabari was great. Yeah, that... Or, uh, the, the set, tribe, M- the, M- M'Baku. M'Baku. Uh, Jabari, the, like the setup for that tribe was really fucking yeah. cool. Now, like if you want to talk about like cyberpunk futurism type shit, that was my shit. That was my, <laughs> I was like, yo, like this is like, this is a really great design. Yeah, I, I thought that was super cool. Again, would have loved to have seen more with them. Yeah, yeah, same. It feels like, I don't know, and not to parrot the Red Letter Media review too much, it feels like there was just some shit missing in the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, like scenes that would better, mm, like for the most part, like a lot of things were really tight in that movie. Yeah. But I want more scenes with more characters doing more character building yeah. in that movie rather than having kind of just a slow build at the beginning, their fucking entry into the casino or whatever. Replace all that with actual like political intrigue, conspiracies. I want more of that shit. And I, I really like that. And also, I really fuck with the realization that uh, T'Challa comes to about his father. Yeah, and I thought that was really great. Yeah, they they do a lot of really good things in this movie. You know what? The more I talk about this one, the more I like it. Hey, <laughs> as opposed to everything else. All right. Um, they do a really great job with this movie. There's there's a lot that's really well done. I I 
because I wasn't like enthralled with the superhero action portion of it, and I was so so into like everything else, I really want to see the concept art behind this movie. Yeah, there's actually an art book available on Amazon. I'm already. fucking buying it. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's good. Those right. are, art books are always such a toss up. Yeah, sometimes they just give you no information, and yeah. it's just trash. But I, I've read like Twitter threads on like the fashion like inspiration from the tribes and stuff so like you know the places in africa where they do the the lip disking and then like um the dora milaje the uh the female guard like that's based on an actual tribe in africa where all their warriors are women and just like all the color symbolism and like how those fit into the tribes and stuff that's just tight <laughs> yeah they did they this is probably the Marvel movie with the most depth to it. Yeah. And it shows in the cinematography, the acting, the just like the set pieces and how some of the characters interact with each other. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, still not the best one. It's <laughs> and I'm not gonna lie, like the first the first I wanna say half hour of it is really fucking slow. Yeah. It's it's real establishment kind of stuff and Nikki was very confused in the beginning because she hadn't seen Civil War so she didn't know about like the backstory to this like anything leading up to it and then like she wasn't really aware of what was going on like in the first scene is when um dude gets murked <laughs> uh-huh. and like you know you just you start out with dudes in Oakland and then suddenly you got Girls with spears, and then Black Panther shows up and is like, yo, what the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> so she that whole bit, she was completely lost. And, you know, can't really say I totally blame her, especially not having any backstory to it. And then, yeah, it, it's it's slow. It's slow to begin, and yeah. Here's a here's a fun fact. Uh, the young Forrest Whitaker in that movie is played by Forrest Whitaker's son. Is that I know uh, T'Chaka, young T'Chaka is played by T'Chaka's son. Really? Yeah, that's dope. <laughs> they got two father son duos. Yeah, yeah. Because Damn. I know that because his name is Denzel Whitaker. Hey, and I. That's I, funny. I know his name from some shit movie he was in a while ago. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I was, I was, uh, I did notice that that he looked a lot alike. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, two da- two dads to? with lazy eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I, I didn't notice that until they had the close-ups, and it's like, mm, God I don't want to stare because it's rude, even on the TV screen. <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, Michael B. Jordan was pretty much a pretty big highlight in this movie as well. Yeah, I really enjoyed his character. He like, played a really great villain. Yeah, holy shit! Yeah, and then like you see interviews with him, and he's just this bright and like happy guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He did I, a great job. I I really liked him start to finish, and then like when I had read up on the comics. And, like, Killmonger was always kind of second fiddle to Black Panther. And, like, he was of royal blood. But I think in the old comics, they were raised together. And he just tried to take over the mantle out of jealousy. I thought this was a much more compelling Killmonger 
that did not stray far from the source material, but it was such a better, for one, such a better message, but also like the juxtaposition between you've got cousins of royal blood, spoiler, (laughs) cousins of royal blood. um, One was raised as a prince in privilege, and then the other one was the fatherless, raised in the streets of Oakland through the 90s, like pretty much as far as you can get, but both of them rose to like, excellence levels you know yeah they they talk about how accomplished killmonger is and that's that's more than just that's more than just ambition getting him there you know yeah definitely i hope i hope in the next installment they do more with like political intrigue because mm-hmm. it doesn't that's one of the things that I don't like or I like and I don't like about the Marvel series is like they all have similar tones and they all are kind of set up the same so you can yeah. kind of expect the same thing and they've been they've done so many of them at this point that if they stray too far from it it'll come off as like super weird <laughs> yeah but if they were to just I don't know do a little bit more of like the political shit That'd be cool. Yeah, I, I think there's already been talk about a sequel to Black Panther. I can't say one way or the other. Yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see after Infinity War comes yeah, out. Yeah, we'll really we'll see, see what see happens. What happens. It's already been shown that there's a set in Wakanda. So I wouldn't be too shocked if it's just like, hey, we just blew up Wakanda. Fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah, right. Or if they just kill off Black Panther as a whole. Because you, right. know, you know, like a few of those cats are going to die, right? Like, uh, I think Captain America's got to die, or it's probably going to die. Or Tony Stark, one of those two dudes, yeah. is going to die. No, no, just kill I, off Tony Stark. Make sure the new Iron Heart be good to go. Yeah, make it, make it uh, T'Challa's sister. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I guess this wasn't really all that much of a spoiler. Discussion. No, we we still avoided like major spoilers. Yeah, man. I mean, what would you rate it? I don't. We don't normally do ratings. But I mean, what would you rate it? I mean, I want to give it like a nine out of ten, and I'm like that's like overall as a film, probably like an eight point five. But as a superhero movie, I'd give it a nine out of ten. I hate that. I hate that justification. I yeah, I know, but but it is a superhero movie. Yeah, I mean, but at the same time, it's slow at the beginning, or it's slow. Ooh, I mean, kind of up until he jumps out of the plane. <laughs> well, yeah. Hold on, even after that, yeah. no, when like up until the point where they go to the casino, it's fucking slow. And even but then, but that's that an kinda, interesting slow. Yeah, I mean, it's it would be great for like. I don't know. Towards the end of Act One, I guess I don't know. It's it's these. I was expecting something different as far as like the the normal Marvel three act setup thing goes. Yeah, like heavy action in the beginning, a bunch of talking, and then Act Two fight scene, and then a bunch of talking, and then Act Three fight scene, final fight. But not to say that it's bad that they strayed from that format, but it's if they don't fill those gaps well, then it's it's kind of just boring. You know what I mean? They didn't. I don't think they did a good job of filling the gap for me. 
I don't know. I'm. I know I'm biased because I was just enthralled with the the way everything looked. <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful movie. So I was like, even at the most boring moments, I'm still just looking like, wow, that shit looks cool. <laughs> yeah, they they did a great job with the visuals, 100. percent Yeah, it's it's a very interesting looking movie, and it doesn't have the same kind of look. That every other fucking Marvel movie has. Yeah, that's that's been a trend that has changed this year. Mm-hmm. Where like now they're just looking so much better. I think they got tired of all the internet reviews saying like, "Yo, why are Marvel <laughs> movies so ugly? <laughs> why did they? Why is the space building on this planet in Guardians two or what was it, Thor Ragnarok, the same as the space buildings in Guardians two? Yeah, <laughs> or Guardians the first one. Yeah, yeah. It's ah, uh, God. I just, you know, I think, I think they've done a good job here with with this movie. I, I hope they continue the trend, and I, I hope we see more variety in in the actors, directors, writers. Because, oh, well, we'll get into this after spoiler talk. Because I want to, I want to talk some talk about some of the some of the other feedback about this movie. Okay. Um, yeah, there's also something that I want to bring up, which I think is actually very funny. All right. Um, I think this movie would get maybe, uh, and this is like, uh, it would definitely get an eight. Okay. Because I've I've barred myself from using seven as a rating <laughs> metric. It would get it would it would get an eight from me. All right. It's not bad enough to be a six. It's not good enough to get a nine, and it's certainly like. Uh, the easy thing to do would be to give it a seven, right? I feel like seven's too low for this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'll agree. I'll agree. I'll agree. It's it's an enjoyable film. Yeah, I like it a lot. And oh, whoa, holy ooh. shit! <laughs> holy shit! I appreciate that this movie doesn't require that you've seen all the other Marvel movies to enjoy it. You obviously get more backstory and you have more context for everything, but it is a standalone movie. It's not like say the winter soldier where if you hadn't seen a bunch of the movies prior you'd be completely lost even though that was a great movie you really need to see the other shit first yeah we'll see how it goes when infinity war comes out because i have a feeling that they're gonna go into marvel wave two or act two or whatever the fuck it's called based on how this movie shakes out yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Could you imagine? Did they get the rights for X Men? I don't know what's up with that. Actually, could you imagine that after like after Infinity War, they get the rights for X Men and Fantastic Four, <sighs> and then they do Avengers versus X Men? Oh man, that one would be fucking sick. That would be pretty lit. But could they bring back Logan? Could they do it? Would they would they do it? They probably would. And oh I think God. they would just do another fucking reboot. I I actually would be okay with rebooting the X-Men series at this point cuz it's been a while now and like the first one was good. Days of Future Past was well, first generation whatever it is. Whatever it was called. The first set of X-Men movies. First class. That's what it is. Uh-huh. Um, that one was good. But like, Days of Future Past was pretty good. Apocalypse, I didn't even watch the whole thing. It was mediocre from what I saw. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, I'd be okay with a full reboot without like 
trying to tie it to the other stuff if they tie it into the MCU. Yeah. That'd be cool. And to take back Fantastic Four as well. And maybe get it right. Yeah. They fucked it up every single time. Which is hard to imagine. <laughs> but but both human torches have redeemed themselves. <laughs> uh, as it turns out. <laughs> Let's see. Yeah. I mean, I think this is the first time. Mark this day. This is the first time I'm actually excited about Marvel movies. Man. Uh, because I want to see what comes after Infinity War. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't I don't give a fuck about Miss Marvel. I don't give a fuck about Ant Man and Wasp. All right. So after a little bit of digging, it turns out that Marvel hasn't really announced anything, and it turns out that their their little thing is called Phase, and then a number. So in Phase Four, we've got Infinity War, Ant Man and Wasp, Captain Marvel, and Avengers Four coming up, and that'll fucking wrap up this goddamn thing. This series. Yeah, we'll see. I'm hoping that... So this is me uh, doing some fantasy booking in my mind. Uh, What I want to see is all new Marvel heroes, right? Like, you can have some holdovers from the last ones. uh, Because, like, what would be really great is if Infinity War ends on, like, a sour note. Mm. And, like, it's got a bunch of dead people. And then you've got, like, survivors such as Black Widow and Hawkeye because, like, they suck. <laughs> and <laughs> and you maybe, like, a Peter Parker, Black Panther, some of the, like, the newer cats, Ant-Man and Wasp. Yeah. Like, you have those survivors and, like, you got the new Avengers or whatever coming up out of the dust of the Infinity War. And then you also have the X-Men and then you can finally call them mutants. Right. And then... You can have like a big blow off uh, with Avengers like seven X-Men versus Avengers or vice versa Avengers versus X-Men. That would be sick. Or if you get the rights to uh, the Fantastic Four, you can make Doom the next fucking villain. Right, and actually make him a decent villain again. Yeah. Like he's supposed to be. He gets a hold of the Infinity Stones or the Infinity Gauntlet or whatever. Yeah. If they don't decide to, like, I don't know, do something like blow up the Infinity Stones. I could imagine them, like, just vaporizing, turning into dust at the end of the series. I would not be shocked. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of the kind of corners they painted themselves into with the the whole MCU. Is that, like... There's so many characters and it's such a deep universe like within Marvel. And then in the comics, they're basically all connected. And when you have like, oh, I don't know, the, the, the fourth Black Panther. Well, there's still an Iron Man around. And, and in some instances, in some universes, that's still Tony Stark. And you can't have another Tony Stark. you got to have Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. So... Is he just stuck there or do they have to just write him out, you know, and like detract from what the comics were doing? You you just kill him. I, I think that's probably what they would end up doing. Like when when an actor wants to get out of their contract, it's just like, <laughs> all right, show up for 15 minutes in this movie. We're going to kill you off like we did with Cyclops in the beginning of X-Men 3. <laughs> yeah. you. So this is what you do with Tony Stark. You kill him and you kill Captain America. You kill them both. 
No, you don't have to kill them both. You kill. You definitely kill Tony Stark because he's like more symbolic. He's more public. Yeah. And people like, I don't know, people like Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. So what you do is you kill him and then you hire and you kill Rhodey just for safekeeping. Right. That was the one that actually kind of proves my what I was just saying wrong. Is like Terrence Howard wanted more money, and they're like, "Fuck y'all, we got Don Cheadle." <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's gonna remember. Nobody saw this movie. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so you you kill them both, and then you have Jarvis and Pepper Potts like just go find students or something to take their place. I'm I'm telling you, Shuri is is a good candidate for Ironheart. Well, that that is basically what they did in some of the recent comics. Uh, there's a girl, a young black girl that basically took over as Iron Man. She was MIT genius and, you know, basically a, a great fit. And, uh, of course, then uh, basement dwellers were very upset that a black girl <laughs> <laughs> dare have superpowers. Yeah. How dare she have a college degree? Oh, oops. I forgot to call it. We're done with spoilers. We're done talking about Black Panther. We can, we can roll it back. I, there is one more thing on Black Panther that I want to talk about. Oh, go ahead. But not spoilery at all. Prior to the movie coming out, there was, of course, a lot of hype among black communities. Like, oh, my God, we, we done made it. <laughs> Praise Jesus. We finally have a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Which then, of course, led conservatives to be like, yo, you had Blade. You, you had Catwoman. What the fuck? What, ain't you happy? We gave you some scraps. What's up? Oh, Jesus. So my response to that is, okay, First of all, oh, people also were saying like, oh, what y'all forgot about Hancock? Okay, first of all, those movies came out years ago. We can have another black superhero in the front and we could be happy about it. Let people be happy about what they are. You know, chill, let people live. But secondly, those movies weren't made with like entirely black cast. And those movies didn't, weren't set in Africa, painting Africa in a good light. And they didn't have black production crew as well we got a black director black writer black director of photography like all of the major people in the production of this movie were all black and a lot of these people never had a chance to work on a blockbuster film and with the movie doing so well now you're going to have those same people in front of and behind the camera doing other big projects and probably knocking it out of the park again like ryan coogler is three for three on direct on directing films He's everything he's done has been great thus far. I've only heard of Fruitvale Station. What was the other one? Creed. Oh, I forgot that movie existed. Yeah. Never saw that one. It's pretty good. Yeah, him and Michael B. Jordan apparently make a really good team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, like, it's not just that we've got a black superhero. I mean, that is good for young black children to have, you know, someone that looks like them that's a positive role model in a fantasy setting. Yes. But you know, you don't look at Superman the same way as we look at black Panther. It's just not, just not how it works. But it's also that we're getting more representation behind the camera too. I, I think people forget about that. Like, I don't know. I don't know who directed Hancock. I don't know who directed blade, but I can say pretty confidently that it wasn't an entirely black production crew. Or predominantly, at least, you know. That's can we can we also talk about something real quick? What you got? This might be a little bit spoilery, but fuck it, whatever. <laughs> uh, the white genocide plot. 
by Killmonger. <laughs> if, I haven't seen any hot takes about that no online one, yet. No one's really said anything. I mean, he's a villain, so it's like, <laughs> oh, that's evil. Don't worry about it. He was just talking about he was talking about colonizers when they really meant white people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no hot takes on that yet. No, yeah, I have not heard anyone like bitch about that one. Yeah. I think oh, I think the really people funny. I think the people who would bitch about it haven't seen the movie yet. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. Yeah. Yeah. Also in the news lately, totally unrelated to Black Panther. Did you hear uh, Fergie's national anthem performance? It doesn't. I mean, like it's not awful. I don't know. I just, it was very stylized. I think I'm probably one of the worst stylistic choices. People drew up some comparisons to uh, R. Kelly sang the national anthem before a boxing match, and it turned into like a slow jam. Uh huh. It was kind of tight though. <laughs> That's bro- all right. All right. All like, right. He he definitely changed more about it. He got <laughs> there was a point like they had a drum beat going. And everything's like everybody clap your hands out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to clap along the national anthem, but. I don't know. The remix was kind of fire, so. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't. That that one, Fergie. I mean, I I never really in I never really liked Fergie very much, at all. Mm -hmm. And that was the first I had heard of her in some time, and it wasn't a good comeback. (laughs) No, no, it wasn't. (laughs) I don't think she should release her next album for a little bit. Yeah. And that like that was for the uh All Star the NBA All Star weekend and they showed like players' faces during that and <laughs> the reactions were pretty good. Yeah, some of them were cracking up like in the middle. Chance the rapper just straight up broke. <laughs> like he was straight up laughing while she was singing. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. That's sad. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah. Reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours to submit your question in the weekly questions and comments thread. It's a good time. You should join in. Join in. Join the conversation. So last week, Swervelo asked, the day after we recorded recorded this, Swervelo asked, y'all fuck with the Pokemans? No. I do. I used to play when I was a kid, but it's... Just as tedious as every other RPG has, like back when it was simple, when it was red and blue, and it didn't have all the berries, and like the Pokemon didn't have to like you and shit. Yeah. That's when I fucked with it. Yeah. But now that it's all complex and shit, I don't have the time for it. Yeah, I'll agree that it, it had more of a simple charm to it back then, because yeah, trying to do everything in a game is fucking tedious now. With 790-something Pokemon, and then, like, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to do. But I still enjoy the games. I, I played through Gen 7 and was starting to complete the Alola decks and then stopped because I stopped caring. But I, I also played a little bit competitively on, like, Pokemon Showdown. Um, I, I always, like, stop and start, and, you know, I never really tried climbing the ladder or anything, but... You know, if you wanna if you wanna come get some work, then you know, let me know. I'll I'll make an OU team again. This just to you know shut up some people. But uh, yeah, come at me. Well, shit. So Rella Rella asks, 
I don't remember, was there an RNH 2017 awards? If not, do some. Denzel and Chet's Game of the Year 2017, Best Picture, Best Anime, whatever else comes to mind. I, you know, that's... Sure. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. I, I <laughs> will have to think about it because 2017 was so long ago. Yeah, I don't even really remember uh, too much of what happened. But you know what? We'll look at it. Yeah. We'll, we'll think about some things. We'll get back to you. Yeah. Juice Campbell asks, Do you guys have any experience playing roguelike games? It's quickly become my favorite genre, and I'm curious to hear if you dudes have any favorites. Uh, Rogue Legacy was the last... Oh, Rogue Legacy and that space one. Uh, FTL. Oh, yeah. Those yeah. two are the only ones that I've ever played. I like the concept of roguelikes, just that you know, like the variable adventure platforming aspects of, of the games. But I never find myself really getting into them. I also haven't really haven't played that many. But I do want to try Faster Than Light. I do want to try Risk of Rain. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll give those a shot at some point or another. But uh, if you've got any recommendations, let us know. Yeah, join in on the subreddit, reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. Yeah. Norseman asks, which famous rappers or other artists do you feel are least worthy of their fame? I feel like if you had asked me this at 24, I would have been able to give you like a long list of rappers. But now it's just kind of like whatever. These guys are just drug addicts who rap for the most part. And it's not like I really care all that much. It's just, I don't know. Yeah. They're going to do what the fuck they want. Yeah, I mean, I can give my old head answer and be like, yo, all mumbo rappers are trash. I will double down and say Lil Uzi is trash, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't want to say like anybody's not deserving of their fame because I'm sure they all work their asses off at it. So, you know, whoever, find me the laziest rapper in the game and that's who's least deserving of it. <laughs> <laughs> Spit Fury Fire says, Denzel, your part on the Dick Show album was cool. Also, the picture on the the picture of Dick on the cover actually looks more like Chet than Dick. And uh, yeah, I gotta I gotta say, <laughs> it's like a slightly more it's like a more Scandinavian version of me looking real pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez! Oh, thank you for the compliment, buddy. Appreciate oh. it. Yeah. Yeah. So Zalora comes through with a uh, with a story for us. So she asks us a question, then gives us a story. I'm going to go ahead and read the story. But she says, this isn't my most funny, but worthy of sharing. It was Phantom Me 2011. The backstory you need to know was that there was a dude that was off the charts creepy. We'll call him R. R was a taller Asian man, balding hair, bad slash rotting teeth, always wore the same shirt and had a stutter that made it difficult to have conversation with him. He was fairly harmless, just that autistic weird that came off as way too forward and flirting. Anyway, I was dressed up in a costume and he didn't recognize me, which allowed me to witness this whole event. I was resting in between shoots and there was a cosplay gathering out in front of the convention center I was watching from afar. I noticed R in the crowd of photographers. I assumed he picked up photography since he didn't ever have a camera before then. 
He was hanging with a circle of other cosplay photographers during the con, and I noticed him in the crowd because he was over-animating and talking up some things with his fellow cameramen. It was like watching a stage actor. He was standing over them as they were kneeling or crouching to take pictures. It was very weird. Then I saw this girl. She was making a beeline from the opposite end from the front area toward this gathering. She wasn't in cosplay, so it struck me as odd because she didn't have a purse with her, so I knew she had an agenda. She was power walking very fast to R and his group, who have their backs to her. She gets up to R's face and smacks the camera out of his hands. Now, it's on a strap, so all it does is swing out of, around his neck, almost out of a cartoon. He's flustered behind comprehension, and I'm too far away to hear what this girl is shouting at him. All I could gather is that R said some shit to this girl's friend that pissed her off royalty. She leaves, and all of his photographer buddies are still crouching and taking pictures, giving R some massive side eye. R pretty much just turns into a Gollum-type character, clutching his camera and talking to himself as he leaves, too embarrassed to continue taking photos. I never saw him again after that, and I wish I had asked that girl what had happened, because it was one of the funniest things I had ever witnessed. Oh, jeez. Fucking A. Oh, jeez. That's no good. I love watching creeps get dunked. Oh, (laughs) jeez. Yeah. But she provides that with a question for us, and that is, what is the most embarrassing or funny thing that you've witnessed at a con? Uh, Oh... I mean, Lyle getting spit in his mouth or <laughs> having his mouth spit in was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, uh, I forgot the code name we came up with for him, but that dude singing on the balcony at four in the fucking morning <laughs> or like six maybe in the morning singing My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Uh, that was pretty pretty bad. And how pissed everybody in the room was. <laughs> Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of like the most embarrassing shit because there's a lot of real, just awkward, real, real cringy stuff at the time, but it's like it's not really story worthy. Yeah, I've never seen somebody shit themselves or piss themselves at a convention. No, I have seen people like pass the fuck out, like in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, I've seen that a few times. There was one dude, he, he I, this is actually a bit that he does, but <laughs> it's still pretty funny. Like, as you walk through the hallway, you pick up in the conversation, you hear this dude come up with, uh, yeah, so then my dad showed me his dick. Oh, jeez. Like, I, I had seen it as a kid, but like, I, I just came across it. I didn't mean to. I just ended up walking in on him. He, I went into his room and he was peeing with the door open. What was crazy that it was like 10 inches. And I'm like, yo, what the fuck, man? I don't have that shit. Where did I? Oh, but, boy. But that's just a bit that he does. He he ended up pulling that on me twice at two different cons. Oh, okay. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But it was pretty funny. But one, one, good, one good tale that I thought of, because it actually happened at the same con that I first heard this. I... This must have been ALA 2014, sometime around then. And I see this guy across the lobby in the hotel. It's it's real late. And at this point, most of the room parties are shut down. And now everyone's just kind of drinking and chilling out in the lobby. 
and the the hotel staff is more or less cool with this because it never really gets too rowdy out there like no one really does anything if people are going to be out there breaking shit it's mostly on the out on the pool deck so the lobby is just kind of chill so i see this guy walking toward me and he's got a uh, an evo shirt on and he's got a bottle of coke in one hand like a two liter of coke and then a handle of jack under his arm (laughs) and so i shout to him like yo yo let's money match i got my stick i'll fucking take you and he's like what's your game and i'm like i play marvel and king of fighters and he's like king of fighters king of fighters is for mexicans and he raises his hands to like really like gesticulate real big forgetting that he had a bottle of jack under his arm oh jeez! So the bottle drops and shatters all over the floor directly in front of the registration uh. like right in front of all the employees and he's just uh. <laughs> security all just comes out to him like alright you get the fuck back to your room everyone else get the fuck back to your room oh jeez! <laughs> I'm like, all right, that was largely my fault, but that was definitely your fault, Doc. That sucks. Yeah, I felt bad, but I was cracking up. That's, yeah, I can see why. (laughs) Yeah, that dude, that dude was a little too lit. Yeah, I'll say. Yeah. That does it for questions. Awesome. Well, thanks everybody for listening to this week's edition of Real Nerd Hours. I've been your man's Denzel. You can follow me on Twitter at that Denzel. You can follow Chet at Bushido Brown SD. You can follow the show at X Real Nerd Hours. And uh, you can join us on the subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash real nerd hours. You can support the show on Patreon at patreon.com slash real nerd hours. We're actually pretty close to getting to 250. We need like six more people for five dollar subs to the patreon and then we'll be we'll be smooth sailing or to get that or people out of there just all up your subscriptions up to 20 bucks and we're good <laughs> <laughs> remember the ultimate goal is twenty thousand dollars so we can make that fucking manga yeah <laughs> oh, no email let's go yeah we might have to change the name for legal reasons yeah probably because so many people were involved <laughs> yeah it was an inside joke within our convention group of friends for a long time. So yeah, there would probably be, I could think of a couple people who would be like, man, I started that shit. You can't use the name. Where's my royalties at? Yeah, exactly. So it won't be called soccer. No, he may, it'll be called something different, Yeah. but there are new goals up on the Patreon. Uh, It's more or less. It's cosplay at 500 uh, domestic travel guide at 750. And then, oh shit, what did I put that at? International travels at, oh, it's above like 5,000 or something like that. <laughs> something that's, you know, a no. far off goal. Yeah, it's not close at all. <laughs> yeah, so we've got some uh, Let's Plays or playthroughs going up on the uh, old Patreoni. Chet's doing Shovel Knight. Yeah. And I'm going to be playing Doki Doki Literature Club yeah. here. I'm going to be playing Doki Doki Literature Club at some point in the future get that up on there thanks thanks everybody for listening to this week's edition again oh god what what am i gonna do for thanks everybody for listening we'll see you next thursday have a good night